This show is part of the RetroZap.com podcast network. And welcome everybody to episode 41 of the Animaniacast. Do you have any idea what time it is? Lunchtime. Lunchtime? We're from Salmonella's Coffee Shop. Eat our food and you're bound to drop. And the only thing that's left to do, head to the party and spew, 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 Salmonella's. We're Beatrice. And welcome to the Animaniacast. We are the only podcast that is dedicated to the animated television series, The Animaniacs. Here we explore the series episode by episode, revisiting all of the cultural references and gags, and in the end, we give the episode a water tower rating. I am Joey, and joining me are my co-hosts, Nathan, you cooing with me, and Kelly. Hi. Hey, Kelly. I'm not cool with you. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, today we are discussing episode 41 of the Animaniacs, which includes the segments Buttermilk, It Makes a Body Bitter, Broadcast Nuisance, and Raging Bird. Uh, it's a nice segment, or a nice uh, episode, I should say. Yeah. Uh, guys, what do you think about this cartoon uh, today in a few words? Nathan, start with you. Um, I thought it had... Uh two uh, strong segments i I don't know (laughs) (laughs) and kelly what about you it was pretty funny all right well let's get right into it um but i'll tell you what before we do nathan Mm. when did this episode (laughs) wilbur when did this episode first premiere well i'm so glad you asked uh joey this premiered on monday november 15th of 1993 this was when 13 Cuban refugees landed in Florida after stealing a crop duster in Cuba. And also, Howard Stern's radio show premiered in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina on WYAV 104.1 FM. And Joe Botafuco was sentenced to six months in prison. Oh, Joey Botafuco. <laughs> yes, I would hear about Joey Botafuco and Amy Fisher quite often in, Just, in the early 90s in middle school. There you go. This, this was that time. Yeah, so. it was. There was a very popular uh, uh, real life soap opera, and if you want to look into that, but yeah, I'm, it, it's, but a, it's a funny story. name. It's, so. a jo- it's a funny name. Funny to say. <laughs> now I just remember everyone on on the school uh, grounds at my uh, middle school was just calling me Joey Botafuco. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so all right, so let's get right into today's episode. And of course, we start off with our favorite segment, huh? Newsreel of the Stars. Oh. <laughs> Newsreel of the Stars. <laughs> uh, Newsreel of the Stars. I thought we were going back in time mm-hmm. at the beginning of this. <laughs> like a, oh, first episode again, I guess. <laughs> I know, 41 episodes in and we're still showing Newsreel of the Stars from time to time. Yeah. Well, it's the first season. We have to keep that in mind, you know? Yeah. And, who knows? You know, people could be watching uh, Animaniacs and starting with this. They could episode. be totally confused and not knowing what the heck's going yeah, on. Yeah, they're like, I've heard enough about this Joey Butafuco. Let me see what else is on. <laughs> I need some exposition on this new show, <laughs> this cartoon show here. Uh, 
<laughs> and uh, of course, it, then it showed uh, here's the show's namey too. Yeah, as, just uh, so as a variable. The, the audience is like, wait, what? What is this show called? This is this is like total cult. This is classic uh, intro Animaniacs yeah. at this one. This could have been the first episode. <laughs> really could have been. <laughs> and then we uh, get to see a commercial for a parody of uh, Milk It Does a Body Good mm-hmm. called Buttermilk It Makes a Body Bitter. Sure, you may turn away from me now, but as long as I keep drinking my buttermilk, I can count on growing up with a serious lactose intolerance. <clears throat> and even though I won't be able to digest the stuff, I'm going to keep drinking my buttermilk. So, you know, as she gets large, you know, bigger and older and everything, she's drinking buttermilk mm-hmm. and but yet she keeps drinking it and she she never forgets of how much of a jerk he was. So she puts a big uh, bomb in his, uh, you know, in his hands and walks yeah. away and he blows up. <laughs> buttermilk. It makes a body bitter. Ah, what do you know? You know, do you remember these commercials, Nathan? You were a little young for these uh, vaguely. Commercials. I mean, they they changed their Got Milk kind of slogan. Yeah, they later, went to the but... they went to the Got Milk yeah. with the mustache and everything like that. But I remember these quite often. You do, you, Kelly? Yeah, I remember them. Here is a, a quick uh, s- a sample of this kind of commercial, uh, very similar. So here we go. Let's see if this is the right commercial. Even exist in your eyes, because all you see is a person's outside. Well, I'm a beautiful person inside, and I'm drinking milk. Do you know what that means? I'm going fast in these years. The milk's given me a lot of what I need for strong bones, beautiful skin, and a great smile. And by the time my outside catches up with my inside, I'll have long since outgrown you. And you'll be history. Ooh. Milk. It does a and body good. And then she blew him up. And then she blows him up. Kaboosh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those I and there's a there's a bunch of those on YouTube, including one with a uh, a boy t- kind of talking to this girl in a bikini, not a bikini, a swimsuit. Hmm. Looks like some looks like he's just talking to some woman who's ignoring him who came off the uh, the Baywatch uh, set or something <laughs> like that. It's a very that was a that was an interesting um, commercial campaign, very memorable for for kids at the time. I remember it got me to drink my milk. I thought, oh, I'm going to be big and strong. There you go. No. <laughs> um, well, there's also two uh, other segments in here of good idea, bad ideas. Yeah. It's time for another good idea, bad idea. The first one we have is <laughs> having breakfast served to you in bed. Uh, the bad idea, however, was having tennis balls served to you in bed. Uh, very cute. Silly. I, I like that because all the tenant, including the one that ended up in uh, Mr. Skullhead's mouth at the mm-hmm. end, which was funny. And then, of course, there was another one, which was the good idea was whistling while you work. And the bad idea was whistling while you eat. Yeah. Uh, which is definitely <laughs> a bad idea. Yeah. The, I think both of these were bad ideas to have the bad idea and good ideas for the good idea. Yeah, like, I, I agree. Which of those two good idea, bad ideas, which one was the best? Uh, Kelly, what do you think of those two segments? I I, I like the 
the serving breakfast in bed and or serving tennis balls in bed. I thought that one was funny. <laughs> Nathan, what about you? I like that one too, just because I like getting served breakfast in bed and whistling while you uh, eat is just gross. I like the whistling. <laughs> I, I like the whistling while it was you creative eat. though. I yeah. like the whistling while you eat because the sound was just too funny <laughs> and it was just it really was pretty gross. Uh, he got kicked out of Joe's diner or whatever. I <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. They're both really good, good idea, bad ideas, I think. So let's go on to the first cartoon, however. And our first one is called Broadcast Nuisance. Broadcast Nuisance was written by Gordon Bresick and Charlie Howell and was directed by Greg Reyna and Kirk Tingblad. I love that name. And Nathan, can you tell us what the heck happens in Broadcast Nuisance? I'm trying to figure it out myself. No. Uh, <laughs> so we have Dan Anchorman, yes. who is a famous anchorman, apparently, I guess. But he's also kind of a jerk. Oh, and he's definitely. waiting for his food to come. And uh, lo and behold, it's the Warners that are bringing him uh, his sandwiches. Except they don't do a really good job at it, and they eat his sandwich, and then they try to give him a Another sandwich, and anyways, he he gets upset and throws him out without giving a tip. And big mistake. Big mistake. You got to give those warners a tip because they're gonna make your life miserable. So they uh, annoy Dan Anchorman uh, nonstop. Uh, they end up getting into the control room, squishing his head, and all sorts of fun little things to him, uh, taking him into other episodes until he finally gives in. And decides to give the Warners a tip, I guess. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> so pretty much it, I think. Yeah. Well, he also gets carted off to the uh, insane yeah. asylum or something, and they kind of take over as Anchorman, I guess. Yes, they, so. they became the Anchorman at the end. <laughs> so no, yeah. it was it was a this this episode has some uh, interesting behind the scenes stuff as well. Yeah, stuff I did not realize until just before recording. <laughs> um, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and tell us what. What's the so, what's the story with this? Yeah, originally Dan Anchorman was named uh, Slam Fondlesome, which uh, he's based, of course, off of Sam Anderson? Donaldson. Donaldson, yeah, yeah, Sam Donaldson. So it makes sense that his name's similar to that. But anyways, but a very kind of I mean, when you're talking about it, his name's what was it? Slam Fondlesome. Slam Fondlesome. So a very kind of innuendo name. Yeah, not so. <laughs> Not very, not as generic as Dan Anchorman. No, which, which kind of sounds like Dan Rather. I yeah, suppose. I was thinking Dan Rather. I was like, oh, he must be Dan Rather. I guess like no, Sam he doesn't really look like. Yeah, no, he <laughs> looks a lot like Sam Donaldson. Okay, so yeah, Sam Donaldson. I think he's retired, but he's still he's still doing the you know things. I still see him every now and then commenting on stuff. Well, then there was also major edits to the episode itself, because Steven Spielberg didn't like the amount of violence that the Warners were doing to Fondlesome. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he had them cut out a lot of that, as well as a cameo from Slappy the Squirrel. Yeah. And there was, I guess, a, a, a Yakko doing a William F. Buckley imitation. Yes. And uh, everything that followed that. So. so they had to re-record that. And, of course, mm -hmm. every time they had to say Slam Fondelson yeah. was changed to Dan Anchorman. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, like, wow, okay, 
So interesting censorship, you know, and, and if you look online, I'll have the actual um link you know, link in the show notes where people can see uh you know what the what this episode looked like, or at least mm-hmm. a section of it looked like uh originally. Um and I looking at it online, I do remember some of the stuff that went on. It looked uh, vaguely familiar, like them putting a hot towel on his face and uh, scalding him, and scalding him, <laughs> yeah. and then uh, Dot also does kind of a Jaja Gaborish impression as well. So you know some some stuff going on. It's actually you know the the amount of stuff they took out was about a two or almost a three minute section. Yeah, of there's a stuff is good amount out. cut out just from that. So yeah, so. Uh, yeah, as we uh, just mentioned, you know, uh, so he's a parody of Sam Donaldson, uh, was an anchorman on primetime uh, live uh, for, you know, many, many years. Uh, and yeah, he definitely had kind of a weird uh, hair thing going on. I don't know if he actually had a toupee, but he his hairstyle was gelled over and uh, didn't. Didn't look that natural. Do you remember ever watching Sam Donaldson as a kid, Kelly? Yeah, he always looked like he was in a bad mood. Yeah, he never, he, uh, when every other anchorman just kind of looks like a, hi, I'm your friendly anchorman here to tell you the news. Uh, <laughs> Sam Donaldson is there to tell you what's wrong with the, you know, everything <laughs> that's wrong with the nation and uh, just looked like a pessimistic kind of guy. Yeah, not a happy man. Yeah, and of course he was, his co host was Diane Sawyer. Uh, who on this is called Duane so- a Sewer, I believe, mm-hmm. and something like that. Yeah. So she, you know, and they they did a good job of caricaturing uh, her as well. Look, uh, you know, much more pleasant attitude and everything like that. So mm-hmm. interesting to see, interesting to see the caricatures of these two people. Um, now when it comes to the crew, this is this is interesting. I think the the animation company that did this was, I believe, the same one that did. Uh, meatballs are consequences hmm. and plane pals and and things like that and one of the reasons you could kind of tell is well the warners are drawn in that kind of different style yeah it's different yeah uh but you can also see some of those ca- cameos by some of the folks that we've seen before in previous episodes do you remember the i've got to go export some iron ore guy mm-hmm. better go gotta head to life export some iron ore well, he's in this ah. again. Crazy glasses guy. <laughs> he's he's a cameraman in here. Uh, there's also Elvis. Yeah, who was one of the people working behind the scenes. And uh, Norman Bates was mm. seen a couple times in this episode. One time he's shown lining up uh, with that whole lineup, everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, and he's uh, wearing a dress. Uh, so, okay. spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't seen Psycho, but uh, I thought that was a cute gag right there. And, of course, uh, it looks like Norman Bates is also taking Dan Anchorman uh, to the psych ward, or perhaps the psycho ward, uh-huh. at the very end. He has a very, like, off... Uh, his head is incredibly small. It's not, It does not uh, match up with his body, but uh, other than that, it definitely looks like uh, uh, Norman Bates right there, so... Uh, there's also just weird stuff going on with the with the people in the you know in line. There's one guy whose pants are sagging yeah, he's really all the low. Butt crack man, yeah, <laughs> butt crack man is in there. <laughs> like that's not there's a guy whose shirt doesn't fit and his belly button's showing. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a woman who looks like she's wearing a bib or something. I don't really know the 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 caricatures. 
are always, ex- you know, pretty extreme. And I always yeah. like looking at the looking at the people in the background of these cartoons. Uh, yeah, this company does do a good job with. Yeah, and it, and again, it does feel a little bit. I mentioned this before in Plane Pals. It feels a little bit more like Ren and Stimpy. Yeah, a lot of time, like when he's when Dot spits out food, I was yeah. like, "That's Ren and Stimpy." And when they're doing a wrestling match, I'm like, "That's Ren and Stimpy." Like that's yeah, it kind of had that exaggerated mm-hmm. thing going on. Yeah. Now <laughs> the, the there's a song right here. It's called Salmonella. Uh, Salmonellas. Yeah. So Sam and Ellas, and of course that's a, a you know take off of the you know. Bacterial. bacterial infection of salmonella <laughs> yeah. disease, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, or poisoning. Uh, and at the end, it says, We're Beatrice. Kelly, did that reference at all come to you when they said, We're, Be- mm. We're Beatrice? Yeah, I didn't get that. No, I, I didn't okay. get it at all. I didn't either. I was going, We're Be-. I had to look that sucker up. So uh, uh, there was a company called Beatrice. Go figure. But they were <laughs> they were on a bunch of things like uh, different food commercials and stuff like that, like Peter Pan peanut butter and Orville Redenbacher, and they've since been bought out by Conagra Foods and stuff like that. But here's a here's a an example of uh, we're Beatrice, and I remember this cartoon or not cartoon. I remember this commercial <laughs> <laughs> because it this is for peanut peanut. Excuse me. Let me try that again. I remember this commercial because it's for Peter Pan peanut butter. Ah, say that three times fast. Picky pickle pickle leader. No, picky pickle. Picky pickle picker. (laughs) No. Peter Pan peanut butter. And uh, whenever I see a a jar of it to this day, I have this song in my head. So let's see if this works. Mm, So. Yeah, so it's just a bunch of people dancing and eating peanut Peter Pan peanut butter. Okay, get ready for it. They're gonna say we're Beatrice. It's so subtle at the end. We're Beatrice that <laughs> I can see why I never heard it. <laughs> Besides, when people are when people are dancing around eating peanut butter, that's what you're paying attention yeah. to. And then, like, the... stop paying attention when they're... <laughs> yeah. And it doesn't have a very good jingle at the end. Commercial not... over. It's not like, yeah. It's like, <laughs> and now that was the end of the commercial. I want something like, bye, Menon. Yeah. Like, I'll remember that. <laughs> Or Nabisco. Mm-hmm. Like all that I got. We're Beatrice. I'm like, oh gosh. No wonder they got bought out by ConAgra. <laughs> they couldn't they couldn't nail down that thing, but anyway. There's also Wolf Spitzer in this right here. Spritzer or something. Spritzer or mm-hmm. Spitzer. Like a white wine spritzer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. Uh, Wolf Spitzer, uh, who uh Wolf caricature Blitzer. Wolf, Wolf Blitzer, who's still on CNN. Looked, yep. I looked him up. Apparently, he just started on CNN in the like nineteen ninety or ninety one. So that's why they were saying you'll never make it on CNN. I suppose. Mm. Uh, Nathan mentioned uh, William F. Buckley. They call him William F. Yackley uh, in this cartoon. Uh, I have very have a little recognition, a, a recollection, I should say, of William F. Buckley. Um, he always just talked like a British person, and I don't think he was even British. Hmm. He was just a conservative uh, commentator who 
always look kind of stuck up. Uh, any any memories of all uh, William F. Buckley at all, Kelly? Not really. Um, <laughs> I, I, the only reason I even know of him, I think the genie in Aladdin does an impression of him. Oh, mm. yep. Yeah, yeah, that's what I know. I was like, I don't know who. <laughs> I don't know who this Willie B- Buckley films. is. But. It really does all come back to Disney films somewhere or another. Oh, master, there are a few addendas, some quid pro quo. Don't talk back to me, you big blue lout. <laughs> and of course, there was the reference to Space Oddity by David Bowie. Ground control to Major Tom, commencing countdown. Engines on. Okay, so when they get into the control room. There's tons of stuff going on. There's a reference to Gilligan's Island. They yeah. actually he they throw him into Gilligan's Island. Yeah, he starts jumping TV stations. Basically, yeah, he becomes black and white. Mm-hmm. Uh, he goes into a Godzilla film and immediately gets crushed by Godzilla. Yeah, which, which I like the animation of his crushed face and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, do you, do you remember uh, Bambi versus Godzilla at all? I remember basically, okay, basically. Kelly doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I do remember this. I can't remember what it's from now. Okay, though. I've just... seen I've seen it on like um. I used to go to like things like the uh, uh, Spike and Mike's Twisted Animation Festivals or something. You know, things like that. Every now and then you could see uh something. It's a very short cartoon called mm-hmm. Bambi versus Godzilla, and it's a black and white cartoon, and it basically just shows Bambi, uh, just eating grass and then all of a sudden out of nowhere Godzilla's foot comes down and crushes Bambi mm-hmm. um, there you go that's all there is that all there is to Bambi versus Godzilla is Godzilla wins yeah it's just an absurd <laughs> cartoon it yeah just... it's again a, a video I'll have it in the show notes it's only Literally about a minute and a half long because the the battle this is much shorter than uh you know Batman versus Superman yeah but <laughs> that foot crushing uh Dan Anchorman right there uh was very similar mm-hmm. uh to that uh that cartoon and of course there's a Hulk Hogan reference there's Bulk Logan looks very... looks like Hulk Hogan right there yeah and at the very end they do a Dennis Miller we are out of here, and they kind of do this uh, scribble on a piece of paper. Be real nice to people who handle your food. Or it's sad news. As for us, we are out of here. Uh, Dennis Miller was the uh, anchorman, or I, what do they call him? The weekend update host on yeah. Saturday Night Live. And everyone that would be his little uh, sign-off right there. <laughs> You know, this week an Iranian ship fired machine gun rounds at an NBC nightly news helicopter just missing the news crew. Spokesman for the Iranian government apologized later in the day saying, hey, we're sorry, we thought it was the Today Show helicopter. (laughs) Guess what, folks? That's the news, and I am out of here. Good night. Lots of different references, but there's also tons of different gags in this one. Uh, Guys, what are some of the moments in this cartoon that really stuck out that you really uh, thought were clever or cool? I like that they were protesting in front of the news building <laughs> mm-hmm. and, you know, ch- chanting that uh, Cheapskate Anchor has to go and we protest. I thought that was cute. <laughs> hey, hey, ho, ho, Cheapskate Anchor's got to go. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Cheapskate Anchor's got to go. Nathan, what about you? I like when they were drawing on his 
face and uh, doing a weather report on, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, for the headlines Yeah, and the headlines. And now, tonight's Newstime Live headlines. Not those headlines, these headlines. But first, our forecast. Large pointy things here, followed by big fluffy gray things here. Isn't video technology keen? Ooh, it looks like some really bad dental work here. And if you're driving through here, don't worry, there's no brain in sight. I, I just I thought it was kind of cool that Dan Anchorman actually locked them into the control yeah, room to begin with. Yeah, he should have thought better about that. Like, why does he lock <laughs> us in here? I, I guess he wants us to direct. <laughs> but one of the things that I was I, I could not figure out was who the heck uh, was doing Dan Anchorman's voice. Yeah, and it I sounded really it. familiar. Yeah, yeah exactly. I, was, I recognized this voice. Um, and it took me... I. I didn't want to look at the credits. I finally looked at it, and then I was like, ah. I didn't look. I'm glad I got it right. Kelly, did you do you know who does Dan Anchorman's voice in this? No, but he, he did sound familiar. Nathan, it is voiced. He is voiced by? Phil Hartman. Phil Hartman. Mm-hmm. So there oh, you go. Wow. There, was, there was a time, like, when he first comes on, I was like, that sounded like Phil Hartman. And then, like, yeah. And then I was like, no, it can't be. It doesn't quite sound like him anymore. Yeah. Then... Of course, Phil Hartman was, uh, he did voice work for The Simpsons, mm-hmm. Lionel Hutz, yeah. Attorney at Law. And of course, who was the actor's name again? It was Troy McClure. Troy McClure. And he was on news radio and Saturday Night Live mm-hmm. and everything like that. So, yeah, that that voice. He uh, was he was going to be Zap Brannigan. He was, yeah. Before he, unfortunately, gosh, he was he was killed uh, by, by his, his wife. wife. Yeah, yeah, very tragic and sad. Yeah. So, but yeah, he was about to be Zap Brannigan's voice on uh, Futurama and everything like that. So the character is very similar to Phil Hartman's. You know, it was mm-hmm. basically written for Phil Hartman to yeah. begin with. I believe Matt Groening had said you know many times that he that that whole character was. Yeah, and just I, meant for him. Yeah. Anyway, so I thought that was kind of cool. Always nice to see, nice to see Phil Hartman's, uh, pop, you know, voice popping up and mm-hmm. old stuff that I had not expecting him to be in. So that was awesome. Um, overall, just a, a cool uh, intro. I do a introductory cartoon, I should say. I did not really remember this cartoon that much. Um, yeah, me neither. And I felt bad for. Anchorman for a lot of it because I was like, like really, he shouldn't have to pay for food he didn't get, like, <laughs> and like I don't know. I, I, so from the get go, I was kind of like not feeling sorry. So maybe for the, the Warners, the or, Warners shouldn't have been such jerks from the very I felt beginning. Like they were being more of a jerk than he was because like. That'll be six dollars, and remember, it's customary to tip fifteen percent. You expect me to pay for this? I didn't even get a sandwich. Well, I guess you're the turkey on a roll. Yeah, but he did set. They did set up Dan Anchorman as a as a huge jerk to yeah, those people. Like he was that, a jerk to everyone else. Do you have any idea how truly useless you people are? I am surrounded by untalented incompetence. I wish they they hadn't eaten his food at least you know like if dot didn't just like oh i'm famished like i was like oh that i would cut that out and then have it like oh we gave you your food now where's our tip and then he's like okay like, uh, if you want to make it more of a villain that's what you have to do is yeah well i suppose so <laughs> um, well i guess if we don't have anything else to say about this one we'll just move on over to our next cartoon okay all right 
This is Maurice LaMarche, the voice of Squid the Pigeon from the Good Feathers and Animaniacs. And you're listening to the Animaniacast. Don't hit me, pesto! Take no guff, cause they're tough, so they're stuffed, no green puffs. That's good feathers. So, the next cartoon is called Raging Bird. And Raging Bird was written by Deanna Oliver, and it was directed by Leonard Robinson. And Kelly, uh, could you tell us what happens in this cartoon, Raging Bird? I certainly can. Awesome. Raging Bird is uh, the uh, the Good Feathers are watching a I guess you call it a boxing or beaking match, and uh, <laughs> Bobby's girlfriend totally manipulates him into fighting the the current reigning champ because she's like, well, you know, he's he's a good looking guy, and is what, what you, you think he's good looking? Well, I don't know. A lot of people think he's good looking, but you could beat him. <laughs> and uh, he calls for it. So he decides to uh, uh, confront the, the reigning champ. What is uh, pretty pretty boy Robin? Yeah, that's his name. That's his name. <laughs> and um, so he, he knocks Bobby down. And then he, he says that he's going to, to fight him. And then we have sort of this rocky montage. He, he well, Max comes and decides that he's going to train him because he wants to get back at pretty boy Robin. And Max is obviously heavily inspired by the Burgess Meredith character in yes. Rocky and he keeps calling him a bum and you know you're a bum <laughs> and, and you know you're gonna lose and because you're a bum. And there's a montage and Bobby's punching you know uh, meat in a meat locker and he, he gets frozen. And then he's running up the stairs, just like Rocky does in the movie. And you actually see Rocky on the stairs. Uh, mm-hmm. And um, a lot of a lot of boxing movie homages. Obviously, Raging Birds is a, a nod to Raging Bull. Mm-hmm. And um, so then they finally fight. And it looks like he's not going to do so well. But uh, finally knocks out Pretty Boy Robin and wins only to have the prize and his girl taken by the god pigeon of course Mm. (laughs) uh this was a funny cartoon it was a good uh good feathers i would say it's a good good feathers it's a good good feathers and it starts off with a theme song that I believe this is its first time on yeah, the this cartoon. Yeah, not right? shown this theme song before. This, uh, so. Yeah, it starts with a uh, kind of an introductory uh, "That's Amore" parody mm-hmm. of with "That's Good Feathers," and this song gets in my head quite a bit. I don't know. I don't know why, but yeah, I enjoyed it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but the the three boxing movies, uh, you know, Kelly had mentioned just now that there's there's lots of boxing references to you know. You know, various boxing movies. The three that I could find were On the Waterfront, Raging Bull, and Rocky. Which I haven't seen any of those. So I was... I have seen um, most of other... Well, parts of other Rocky films. (laughs) 
I don't uh, think I've ever seen the first Rocky film all the way through. I've seen, it's like one of those things where it's on cable and you're kind of flipping channels and you're like, mm. I'll watch five minutes of it now. And then you come back and you watch five more minutes. I've seen lots of references to Rocky. I've so seen I've- Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen Rocky four when he fights the Soviet. Have you seen, <laughs> I will crush you. Uh, have you seen any of the Rocky I, films? I, I saw Rocky four in the theater. You did? Um, oh. Yeah, my sister. I kept calling it Rocky IV. There was a point in my life I had no concept of Roman numerals. And so I was I was in my late teens before I realized, wait a minute, Star Wars is in episode four. Oh. What does that mean? And now I'm confused. Like, I was... I had this existential crisis as a teenager because I finally knew Roman numerals by then. But yeah, I, that's how I learned what four was because of Rocky Four. It's like Rocky IV is Rocky Four. <laughs> I think Miss Krabop- so like Yeah, Miss Krabappel once said on uh, on The Simpsons that now we're going to learn Roman numerals, children, and the mm-hmm. reason is so we can know how, what date movies were made in, or something. And that's like how that. uh, yeah. Bart was able to pick what door he was supposed to go in because he named all the Rocky movies, and then there was <laughs> Rocky Seven, uh, Balboa's Revenge, or something. I can't remember what. <laughs> who could have thought that? Yeah. Who could have? Who would have thought that they're essentially making Rocky sequels even to this day? Yeah, I uh, I hear the last one was good. Yeah, the last two I heard were really good. Oh, okay, cool. There was Balboa and uh, the Creed, but were both critically uh, acclaimed movies. So, and, you know, hey, the the first Rocky movie I believe was nominated for Best Picture, mm. okay. and uh, then there was a a few that were kind of well, they were out there, but they. Were <laughs> yeah, the one thing I remember from Rocky Four, watching it with the Soviet uh, boxer uh, Dolph Lundgren, I believe was the. Was the or Dolph uh-huh. Lundgren or whatever was there's a moment where they have to punch a, a a sensor or something like that to show how hard they punch and Rocky punches it or maybe he doesn't but the I know the Soviet punches it and the thing breaks ah. and I just remember going oh, he broke it <laughs> he broke the thing I don't know my whole my my whole thing with boxing I spend a lot more time on Mike Tyson's punch out as a kid than watching Rocky. Mm-hmm. So to me, when they're, when, uh, Bobby and, uh, his coach are out there on the waterfront area with the sunset, I just thought of Mike Tyson's punch out more than anything else. I could see that. Um, but the, so there's a, like I said, there's a few uh, lines here from on the waterfront. Marlon Brando has this big, you know, famous monologue. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody. My night, I could have taken Wilson apart. So what happens? He gets the title shot outdoors in a ballpark, and what do I get? A one-way ticket to Palookaville. You was my brother, Charlie. You should have looked out for me a little bit. You should have taken care of me just a little bit so I wouldn't have to take them dives for the short-end money. Well, I had some bets down for you. You saw some money. You don't understand. I could have had class. I could have been a contender. I could have been somebody instead of a bum, which is what I am. Let's face it. But the you know, right at the beginning, Squit says, you know, you you know, could have been a contender in his little opening lines. Uh, Pesto mentions, you know, you're going to get a one way ticket to Palookaville, mm. uh, which again is from on the waterfront. Uh, this is it just me or did that seagull that was like kind of the referee in the in the boxing ring okay 
kind of looks like uh, Scuttle. He kind of looked and sounded a little bit like Scuttle from The Little Mermaid. Yeah, from yeah, I could see yeah. that. Little, kinda, I mean, like they're I think both it might have been just yeah, it could have just been <laughs> coincidental. I mean, they are kind of like New York, so he's going to have that kind of accent. But uh, yeah, I, I just thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah. But there are tons of birds in the background mm-hmm. from West Side Pigeons. And from the Boyds, you have those crows or ravens or whatever they were. And, of course, like all the sparrows and stuff are there watching these uh, these fights. So that was kind of cool to see those little cameos in the background. And, of course, Pretty Boy Robin was totally a Sylvester Mm Stallone-ish kind of guy. I mean, he just sounds exactly like him. And, in fact, he says, hey, Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Yo, Adrian, at the very end. (laughs) So... (laughs) But uh, when it came to <laughs> Raging Bull, which the episode itself is called Raging Bird, Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Raging, uh, you know, Raging Bull, starring Robert De Niro. Of course, Bobby the Pigeon is a parody of uh, Robert De Niro, mm-hmm. uh, and I've never seen Raging Bull. Have either of you? Nathan said you've never no, seen it. Nothing. Kelly seen Raging Bull. Yes. Okay, so. Uh, this this has you know a few lines right here from Raging Bull, and one that was very not so subtle when it comes to the worst of the the use of the word coup. Mm. Uh, oh yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> are you cool with my bird? What? Are you cool with my bird? How could you ask me a question like that? Just tell me. I'm not answering that. It's stupid. I'm going to ask you again. Are you or are you not? What? Come on, you're a wacko. No, this is a wacko. In in Raging Bull, it's Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci, which is very appropriate because uh, in this, Bobby is talking to Pesto. Pesto being a parody of of, uh, of Joe Pesci, of course. Mm Mm-hmm. But uh, Robert De Niro is not asking if he's been cooing with his bird or anything. He's even asking if he's doing something with his wife. Cooing with my wife. What? Cooing with my wife. How could you ask me a question like that? How could you ask me? I'm your brother. You ask me that? But I was kind of uh, surprised to to see that. I mean, it was, I thought it was cute. I thought, like, oh, wow, okay, that's that's yeah. kind of funny. Uh, a little surprising, though, that they would reference that, because uh, again, that's just one of those things that I, I'm sure they probably got away with pretty easily back in the early '90s. But I don't know if they'd be able to get away with that today on a cartoon. Uh, what do you guys think? Well, they did it with the word Smurf all the time, right? Just... <laughs> <laughs> I assume that was always a cuss word, right? Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. You Smurfing with me? <laughs> you Smurfing my bird? <laughs> Um, (laughs) but that's pretty much it i mean you know i i really made me actually want to see raging bull because it's always been one of those movies it's a scorsese film it's always been one of those films that i always wanted to see and after seeing this you know it made me want to see it a little bit more yeah i mean even bobby at the end says no way i'm going down which is something that apparently robert de niro says in uh, raging bull so i don't know do you guys see any references to any uh, Kelly? You've you've actually seen uh, these films, <laughs> so yeah. But I don't, I don't remember them that yeah. much. I uh, 
I actually watched Rocky because you were right. Like it's one of those movies. It's it'll be on TV, and so you'll catch a little bit of it. But I realized I, as far as the first original Rocky, I never sat down from beginning to end and watched it. And um, it and Raging Bull and On the Waterfront, I think, are all AFI top 100 movies. Mm. And I'm still going through and trying to watch all of them. But the problem in doing that is sometimes I'll put a movie on and it's like, oh, this is an important movie and I should watch it. And I'll start doing something else like yeah. cross stitch or get mm-hmm. on my computer and, and don't really give the movies the attention they deserve. And it's over. And I say, like, well, I, I watched it, but I didn't really get much from it. So, um, and because neither on the waterfront or raging bull really grabbed my attention. Yeah. They're not, the- I didn't get a lot. I liked Rocky. I, I mean, I, I did pay attention to that. I thought it was really, really good. And, you know, Obviously, I, I get where a lot of the references, pop culture references, have come from. Finally, because um, I, I saw Rocky four and I think even three before I ever saw the original. They would have these like marathons of the different Rocky films from time to time, and I would just, you know, it's it, yeah, it's one of those things that you would tune in and you can get a you know uh, uh, box sets of Rocky for mm-hmm. for pretty cheap. I mean, they've been out in the market for a while, so. You'll never be anything more than a bum, you bum! Oh, why you call me a bum all the time? Because you're a bum, you bum! Oh. <laughs> Nathan, what are some moments that you uh, particularly liked in this cartoon? I liked when the god pigeon came and <laughs> ate all the seeds and left only one for Bobby. But Bobby was still very happy at the end. Well, yeah, after, it seemed like... Despite... Well, he was, he was, he was happy sad. until... Like, I don't know, He's. He, I thought he would be more upset with just getting one seed and losing his girl. He seemed pretty inspired. He, for, re- he respects the god pigeon so much. that A lot. Yeah. And I, I did like um, all the times when Pesto, like the uh, optimist, uh, when <laughs> yeah, he got it, optimist it, and optometrist mixed up. Yes. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very funny uh, so. thing. Forget about it, Bobby. She'll be back. Atta bird, Pesto, always the optimist. What do you mean by that? I said you're an optimist. An optimist? What are you saying, that I'm some kind of doctor here to test your vision for you? That I'm an eyeball inspector? That I make a spectacle of myself? Is that what you're saying? No, no, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that you look on the bright side, an optimist. I am an optimist. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it! Come here, I'm an optimist! And even says like uh, I'm make you're ma- I'm making a spectacle of myself <laughs> yep. like spectacles. Spectacle, so oh, that's good. another like little pun. So yeah, that was a fun one. That I was a good that. fight right there. Uh, but it was nice to see an episode of Good Feathers that just focused on Bobby. Yeah, Bobby doesn't get his. Uh... No, it's mostly. I mean, most of these are squit focused because yeah. he's the narrator of it and everything. And even uh, Bobby gets the last word on this one too. So that was it was uh, different. It was nice to see. Yeah, I, li- I like the stories that revolve around Bobby more. I think just why is that? I think he's just more interesting. Squid's like so like complainy and like, but Bobby's just like cool. He's like a leader, and like Pesto is so angry. Just just like Bobby's like. Yeah, one thing I noticed that was weird about Squid um, was the, he's talking about you know go and whack me or something like that, and then first of all, like Squid says something weird like whack him, Pesto. I'd like to see you two and around the whacking.
that Squit's eating grass at the at the statue of Martin Scorsese, and I'm going. Since when do pigeons eat grass? <laughs> and, I mean, but Squit was just going at it. He was just having tons of grass in his face. I don't know what's going on with that, but yeah, Squit, that's... he was really hungry. There was no food, or maybe he just became a vegetarian in this episode. I'm not sure, <laughs> but well. Dogs eat grass. Maybe it's the same oh, kind of Oh, maybe reason. he's sick. Yeah. Poor squid. wasn't feeling well. <laughs> well, let's go ahead and get over to our water tower rating. All right. Kelly, what do you say? How many water towers out of five would you give today's episode? I would give it three and a half. It mm-hmm. was um, overall pretty consistently good episode, um, and uh, I particularly liked Good Feathers. So mm-hmm. yeah, I liked it. But about above average. Okay, and Nathan, what about you? Um, I'm gonna go with three. Three. I'm almost gonna give it two and a half for wow. that newsreel of the stars. But I'm just gonna <laughs> go for a three. You're willing to 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 fast forward it yeah, this time? Yeah, I'm willing to fast forward the news of the stars and go for a three. Um, mostly, I just wish the Warners were uh, nicer to Anchorman at the beginning of the episode, Aww. and then I would have liked it a little bit more. Okay, well, um, <laughs> well, I'm going to give it four. So we're we're Ooh. all over the board on this today's well, it's, episode. It's an average of three and a half. There you go, averaging of three in this three and a half. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, so it was a good. It was a good. It was a Nice episode. Uh, I just the violence, I guess, against the Angerman was a little extreme in some cases, mm-hmm. but um, I don't know. I, I was still funny. It was one that I honestly forgot about. So it was always it's always refreshing to see these episodes that I'm not as familiar with and are really still funny. They hold up. Mm. So there we go. Well, it's that time again. It's time to get to our poll results from last week. Ah. Hello again, this is your announcer, and I'm speaking to you live from a scary place. And why? Well, because today's question was very scary. Listeners were asked, which of these paranormal slash otherworldly characters had the funniest interaction with the Warners? Hashtag Animaniacs, hashtag Animaniacastball. 11% said Dracula. 26% 26% said Satan, but 63% said it was death. Oh, well, those are the results for this week, and I'm getting out of here because it's scary. See you next week with another poll. Okay, so guys, which of those three sort Supernatural, of supernaturalish kind of, kind of- things <laughs> would you uh say is your favorite um i think i know what kelly's gonna say so <laughs> i'm gonna go with nathan first hmm i've gotta go with death oh. meatballs or consequences joey meatballs or consequences <laughs> and i'm gonna say death as well mm-hmm. because uh it was a very funny episode kelly which one do you say 
death, of course. Yeah. Love meatballs or consequences. <laughs> yeah. It's just too funny. It's hard not to love that episode and just yeah. everything about that uh, that particular, I, I guess you could call him a villain, but again, they're not villains. It's like, uh, in yeah. many ways, it's they're just doing their job. <laughs> and it's the Warners who are antagonizing them. Mm-hmm. Death, he's just, hey, it was, it was literally... Wacko had a choice in that episode. Yeah. He could have stopped. Eat meatball or consequence. The consequence. And he took the consequence. Oh, well. <laughs> but a funny, very funny episode, and uh, there we go. Well, let's go ahead and get to our new poll for this week. And uh, Nathan, what's the poll question? What do we got? All right. We're going to ask you, the listener, what your favorite good feather is. Ooh. So we got Squit, we got Bobby, and Pesto. You know what? Should we put, Should a, we, uh, put we'll, the God Pigeon in? Yeah, we'll put the God Pigeon in. I was thinking that, too. In. I'm like... We got, four, we got... Twitter allows for four options. I mean, yeah. He's like... I was like, is he a good feather? Or... Yeah, I think he's like the boss of the good feathers, yeah, right? He's so, like the good feather. Yeah, he's anyways. Yeah. So yeah, <laughs> we'll put the God Pigeon in there too. So yeah, Squit, Bobby, Pesto, or the God Pigeon. Very good. So go ahead and head over to Twitter.com/slash/animaniacast, or simply search on Twitter for hashtag #AnimaniacastPoll, and you should be able to find that poll and make your voice heard. Well, speaking of making your voice your voice heard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we have some listener feedback. And here's Nathan with the feedback song. This is the feedback song. This is the feedback song. This is the feedback song. And we're going to read them now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, so this first one is ca- <laughs> from M. Jenkins 091. Uh, it says, Fun Podcast. And then she says, or he says, this podcast is a must-listen if you love Animaniacs. I'm glad I discovered it. Yay! Thank you, M. Jenkins. Zero nine one. Zero nine one. Mm-hmm. You're awesome. And we got another one from Pure Entertainment! Exclamation point. Wow. Well, I'm sorry. We got another one from Stinky the One-Eyed Ogre, and it says, Oh. Pure Entertainment! Exclamation point. Okay. <laughs> that makes more sense. I was going to say, like, wow, what an interesting <laughs> iTunes handle is Pure Entertainment. That might still be open, folks, if you want that to be your <laughs> iTunes. If, if you have not yet got an <laughs> iTunes account, make it Pure Entertainment! <laughs> Exclamation point. Exclamation point. Uh, so, Stinky the One-Eyed Ogre, of course, uh, says, A wonderful podcast that delves e- into each episode of the Animaniacs cartoon show. Whether you are nostalgic about the Animaniacs or just curious about the period of our pop culture, you will find this podcast both entertaining and insightful. If you have never seen the Animaniacs or its sister shows... Freakazoid and Pinky in the Brain, you will find yourself taken back to the early 90s when Warner Brothers and Amblin Entertainment produced true comedic gold. Wow. <laughs> Stinky, that review did not stink. <laughs> yeah, that was an amazing review. That was the first any of us had heard of it, so... well that is amazing thank you so much uh folks for uh, getting those reviews into itunes and it really does help the show uh quite a bit with being visible to other you know people who uh might be interested in uh, animation animaniacs and uh stuff like that so again thank you so much for that and uh nathan how can people once again Put a review on iTunes. I said it before. Just Google it. Just Just Google Google it. it. Yay. 
brought to us by Google. Google. The proud sponsor of the show, I believe. Yep, I... they're paying us. Uh, they said their check's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to just wait by that mailbox, Google. Yep. So if you haven't heard of Google, Google that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's about time to get to our contact information. So, Nathan... Where can people get in contact with you online? You can find me on Twitter, Joey, as well okay. as anyone else that wants to find me. I can find you right here in front of me, too. The, well, uh-huh. I'd rather you find me on Twitter. Oh, okay. Thank you. Uh, at DjangoFT. That's me. All right. And Kelly, what about you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, Yoda Princess, Y-O-D-A-P-R-N-C-S-S, or right, email me at kelly at bigshinyrobot.com. And you can see some of Kelly's writings on bigshinyrobot.com as well. It's yes, true. I. I'm, the guys have already done a review of it, but I'm supposed to write my own thoughts because I'm the biggest Beauty and the Beast fan ever. Exactly. And um, they want to hear about what I think about the film. So once I see it, and I'll put my thoughts to paper, computer, whatever. So and, that should um, be out now, I guess. Share those. Yeah, this episode comes out a week after it comes out, so it'll be out in theaters. So if you haven't, if you've seen it and you want to see what a fellow beauty and the beast fan thinks about it or mm-hmm. if you just want to see you know you know forget rotten tomatoes you don't need to see any of that <laughs> mm-hmm. you got to see the review that really matters and that's kelly's review <laughs> of beauty and the beast over at big well if you want to get in contact with the animini cast there's several different ways to do it we're on twitter we're on facebook and you can also send us an email which is animanicast at retrozap.com and speaking of retrozap.com you should head over there for cool articles videos and multiple podcasts what podcast you might say well there's our podcast for one but there's also the arg cast belt (laughs) beltway banthas bruise and bat let me try this again there's the ARG cast, Beltway Banthas, Bruise and Blasters, Classic Marvel Star Wars Comics, The Deuce Cast Movie Show, Dune Cast, Kanata's Castle, The Sandcrawler, Skywalking Through Neverland, Starship Sabres and Scoundrels, Talking Apes TV, Techno Retro Dads, The Trade Federation, and We Know Nothing. All those different RetroZap feed, you know, uh, podcasts, and you can actually go subscribe to the RetroZap.com feed on iTunes. You get every single one of those podcasts delivered for free to your device. Wow. I did it. You should, too. So be more like Joey, people. Oh, please don't. That's a bad (laughs) idea. (laughs) Well, with that, I think we're all ready to shut the water tower doors, as it were. And for Nathan and Kelly, this is Joey saying good night, everybody. Good night, everybody. Good night. This podcast is not endorsed by Warner Brothers or Amblin Entertainment and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Animaniacs, the Warner Brothers logo, all names, pictures, and sounds of the Animaniacs characters or any other Animaniacs-related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Warner Brothers, Amblin Entertainment, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast is the intellectual property of the Animaniacs unless otherwise indicated. The 